Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Open the pod bay doors, now. You shall not have. Keep your friends close, but your enemies close. I am nothing! No! Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Keep busy, Larry. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Cinemates, a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks. Today, I'm joined by my friends Angus and Bennett. Thank you for coming on. How are you both? Thanks, Mark. I'm good. Excited to be here. Yeah, fantastic, mate. Good Good. to be back. Good, yes. So, Angus, as you can hear, has previously joined us on the podcast. It was on the Eternals episode, if you haven't listened to it. Bennett is joining us for the first time, so welcome, Bennett. Uh, today, we'll be breaking down one of the biggest releases of 2021, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> We've given uh, the listeners plenty of time to see it. It's been over two months, but holy shit, we're excited for this one. And today, we'll be drinking some Asahis. So, as you know, with these episodes, we like to do a question game to see what our guests like to watch uh, and see what sort of tastes and preferences they have with cinema. So... First question, uh, I'll go to you, Angus. Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg or Quentin Tarantino? Um, obviously, two great directors. I had to just look up their bodies of work. Obviously, Quentin's is a bit smaller than Spielberg's, but I'll go with um, Tarantino. Um, Why? Loving Glorious Bastards, Django, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I didn't understand it the first time I watched it. Had a bit of a read up. Second time, great movie. So yeah. I'll go with him. Spielberg has some all time classics, uh, but, you know, they're quite old and i don't re-watch them as much as i mm. do quentin interesting cool bennett yeah it's a tough one mate you haven't eased me into things here <laughs> um look i think as i've gotten older mm. probably tarantino i'd lean towards but okay. certainly spielberg has a bit more nostalgic value for me when i was a kid i loved the movie et um <laughs> great movie yeah and um mum and i watched that together a few times when i was a kid so that's a nice little memory for me um but yeah, I nice. think as as I've gotten older, um, Inglorious Bastards and Pulp Fiction are two of my favourite movies. So I think Tarantino probably probably edges over the line for me on this one. Nice, good answer. Next question: uh, Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones? Uh, Breaking Bad. I don't really remember too much of Game of Thrones. Um, just a little quick backstory on me: I had glange, and uh, I watched <laughs> it throughout that, and I don't remember a Dark single time. single thing. 
Uh, and then I don't think I've watched the last season either because I didn't remember the previous. It was too much to catch up on. Probably but a good thing. Breaking Bad is one of the all-time greats, to be honest. Really good. Bennett? I'm a little bit scared. I'm about to lose my credibility with this cinema's <laughs> oh, no. community <laughs> don't pretty do quickly. It. Uh, I haven't seen either of these. Oh, so no, man. We're going to have to let that one through to the caper, unfortunately. Oh, I think a, you, need to, you need to seriously see both of them. They're both really that's good. That's honestly a sin, man. But hey, that's why we do the questions. Everyone's different. That's mm. all right. Uh, <laughs> next question. Emma Stone or Emma Watson? Benny, you had a lot of thoughts on this one. I'll flick over to you first. Come on, man. Hermione. <laughs> Hermione, Emma yeah. Emma Watson. I think, look, if you look at it in its entirety... Emma Stone's probably had more roles in which you'd say had a large impact mm. in the space of cinema. But yeah. for me, I think growing up with the Harry Potter, Harry Potter movies, I just resonate more with Emma Watson for the role she played as Hermione Granger. I think she was a pretty integral part of that franchise. And without yeah. um, her excellence in that role, I don't think the Harry Potter franchise has the impact it did. So I'm going to go with Emma Watson. Good answer. Yeah, good takes. I'm probably going to oppose you on that one for literally what you have said. Emma Stone's body of work is um, better than uh, Emma Watson's for me. Um, okay. A lot more content to watch from her. Or like, it's hard. Is there it's a bad particular Emma Stone movie that you like? La La Land um, is probably my favorite from her. Okay. Um, great performance. She's good in um. Crazy Stupid Love as well. She's Crazy really Stupid Love and Easy A were like her breakout role. She's in Superbad. Superbad. Yeah. Yeah. She's in a lot of Superbad's things. Superbad's so funny. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I think I was just a Harry Potter snuff. I am also, okay. so I'm, I'm also a Harry Potter I snuff. I'm, I reckon I'm biased. I can't, I can't, like, I haven't seen much of her other work, Emma Watson. I only just, yeah. yeah. No, she's got some crackers as well. They're both great actors, uh, two powerhouse actors. So, you know. The Emmas. The Emmas. That's it. It's all needs to be said. Uh, next question, Marvel or Star Wars, Angus? Uh, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing more really. Yeah, everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. Marvel for me. I'm on a Spider-Man podcast. <laughs> Have you seen I've Star seen, Wars? I've seen them both. Okay. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll restore some credibility. But it, Marvel, Marvel still takes the cake. That's okay. Uh, next question, Succession or Euphoria, Angus? Um, Euphoria. Currently watching it, loving it. Uh, keeps me on the edge of my seat. Um, Succession. Really I have only watched about four episodes. What? Why? Did yeah. you stop on purpose or? Um, I must have stopped like, you know, got busy over a weekend or something. And, mm. you know, when you do that sometimes and you're not fully invested and then yeah. you, can't, you, forget to come, you forget to come back to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's what's happened there. Okay. Well, I'll, get back, I'll get back into it for sure. Trust me. It gets really good. I think the latest season, season three was... You can't it, steer away from the hype. If that many people no. are loving it, then... Yeah. And it had the hype that Euphoria now has mm. back back when it was the hot topic. Uh, Bennett, Succession or Euphoria? I haven't seen Succession, but I am <laughs> I am currently watching Euphoria. I'm I'm just, just started getting into season one. Um, are you liking it? I'm really liking it. So I'm going to yeah. go with Euphoria, but... What episode it's not a on? very informed opinion. Pardon? What episode are you on? I'm up to episode four. Nice. Ooh. Good. It, you know, both great shows. Definitely some must-watches there. So good and glad to hear that you're uh, finally watching Euphoria. Um, now into the deeper questions. Angus has already been on the show and answered these, but we'll go to Bennett first. Uh, most memorable movie that you've seen in cinemas? Funnily enough, I'm actually going to go with the movie we're doing today. Uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Wow. I just think, and Mike, you and I saw this together, so you can yeah. vouch for me. I don't think I've ever been to a movie 
and witness so much engagement from a crowd. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. Like the crowd in that cinema, <laughs> I reckon I can recall 10 or 11 instances where they were like audibly excited at what was happening <laughs> yeah. on screen. Um, 100%. And like even before that movie started, I felt like I was about to go out and play rugby, not watch a movie. <laughs> like people were screaming, they were so excited. Yeah. And I can't think of like a comparable experience in my time going to the movies. And I love going to the movies, like sort of always been something I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of an instance that kind of replicated that energy. So I yeah. think, um, yeah, Spider Man, No Way Home, most sure. memorable movie experience. Definitely. Uh, Angus? Uh, yeah, I'll maybe change another mine. movie. Mm. Probably not. I'll just change mine from Endgame to No Way Home as well. Wow, the um, upgrade. Just felt like you were part. You, you were actually part of a community. You yeah. knew that everyone loved it as much as you did. Um, and I'll keep it as short as that because Bennett already summed it all up. Yeah. we. I, I literally saw it with both of you guys. Mm. Uh, I think Angus, we saw it on the first day, maybe Bennett a couple days in. And both times, I'll touch more on this later, but both times before the movie had even started, People were literally like saying, "Like, let's go!" Like, in there, was the a buzz. there was a buzz. Was- <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a buzz. You knew everyone else was like such big Marvel fans, and it was really good. Um, we'll dabble in it more later, but good answers nonetheless. Next question: fastest TV show binge, Bennett? I think mine was Squid Game. Nice. Um, sort of after hearing about all the hype and the success that it had on Netflix. Yeah. Um. I got into it one weekend and I polished it off in the weekend from memory. Um, wow. I think I got through like seven ep- – I think it's only nine episodes, but mm. I think I got through seven of them on a Sunday. Um, They're still like an hour each though, aren't they? Yeah, like it was a big Sunday. <laughs> um, Some serious binging there. Good stint. I think I just enjoyed like how unique the premise of that show was mm. um, and was kind of after I finished each episode, it left you on a bit of a cliffhanger as to where to go next. Yeah. And, and before I knew it, my Sunday was gone. So, fastest, so good. fastest binge with Squid Game for me. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, so unique. And like you could never really pick what was going to happen next. Like just, yeah, great show. Definitely watch it if you haven't. Uh, Angus, uh, fastest recently, TV show binge. Recently been Invincible, um, the animated superhero series on, really on Prime. Good. Uh, I think it was just over two days. So <laughs> that's just a recent fast binge. Probably not my fastest, but yeah. that's what comes to memory. Um. Yeah, really good. You you think it starts as a regular superhero show, and then it just starts amping up with the violence and yeah. the the swearing, and it's just oh. not not like not safe for work, obviously. No, um, <laughs> it is. But not. yeah, it literally just it it just escalates episode to episode of of how insane it's getting, and um there there is a season two, so I'm very keen for that to come. Yeah, out. for sure. I think uh yeah, Nick on our uh, June episode, a couple of episodes back, actually. Also had been. I did uh, hear that. Yeah, I did, and so, I think that could have been what what made me want to like jump into it because I, I literally it's been two, three days since I finished it, so mm. that's pretty much since yeah. last potty. Listeners out there, definitely Amazon Prime Invincible. It is so good. Next question, uh, Bennett, a movie that you think everyone needs to see. I'm actually going to go with a movie that you recommended to me a couple wow. of years ago. Um, <laughs> some good evidence of. The rising success of cinemas. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go with Fight Club. Um, uh, am I am I allowed to talk about it? Yeah. First sure. rule. First rule of Fight Club. Never talk about Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, Tyler's look, not listening. <laughs> I just think <laughs> I just think that movie was incredibly unique in the sense that it was sort of like this paradox that it was about like such unconstrained violence, but I still think carried like quite mm. a powerful message that yeah. I think is applicable. Um, even more applicable 
in society today than when it was made. In For the, sure. You know, I think it was 1999 when it was made. Mm. Um, Correct. Thanks, Angus. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go with that one just because I think it's quite unique for like someone to produce such a didactic story that at the same time is so like violent. Mm. And I guess there's so many things in that movie which are like poor demonstrations of moral behaviour. But at the same <laughs> time, I think the movie stands for something really good. Yeah. Um, I think Finch is a genius. Like David Finch is probably close to my favourite director. Um, and there's also a great plot twist in that movie. There is. I think the movies everyone needs to see are the ones with the with the best plot twists. So I'm going to go with Fight Club. Great suggestion by Cinemas. Thank mm. you. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It is a cracker. So good, good suggestion there. Angus, uh, another movie? This is probably not a well-known movie at all. Uh, one of my favorite actors who's not not like a mega star, Miles Teller. Mm. Um, one of his yeah, smaller body of works, Only the Brave, based okay. on a based on a true story of um some firefighters. Um I won't I won't give away the ending, you could probably look up the true story anyway, but um honestly great acting from Miles, uh, a great storyline. Josh Brolin's in it, who plays Thanos. Um <laughs> And yeah, the ending. There's a final scene there that just it will leave you shocked mm. um, and like extremely emotional. So um, I, I love it. Personal recommendation, and you know, if, if you watch it and love it, then you know, great. <laughs> cool, nice one. Next question: TV show that you're watching at the moment? You spoke about Euphoria. Yeah, that's me at the moment. Touched on that before. Nice, Angus. Uh, Euphoria too. It's it's everyone's watching. Pretty Euphoria. much the craze at the moment. <laughs> it is no, every Monday. Every Monday, it's so good. So we're just going to change it up for this episode. We're going to be doing the Cinemates Elevator Pitch and I'll give a quick review of what we last heard from the Cinemates community member, Jack. He recommended the TV show Rake on Netflix. Um, I watched an episode and I really enjoyed it. Um, You know, great cinematography. Very cool that it's set in Sydney. Um, And I think the main character, Cleaver Green, uh, he's a barrister and I'm only one episode in, but, you know, I'm really intrigued as to where he's going to go. It's super entertaining so far. So um, very good recommendation there, Jack. Thank you for that. And I also saw that it was rated 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'll probably keep watching it after that. But, um, yeah, great, great recommendation. How, there. how many things do you reckon are rated 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? Very few. Mm. So t- That's the crazy. fact that it's got it. Has to be good. Now, the next elevator pitch will be coming from Cinemates community member uh, Tom, who previously recommended Burnt, which uh, <laughs> let's just say was not exactly my cup of tea. Uh, so here he is to redeem himself. Let's see what he's recommending today. Hey, Michael, I wanted to come on and redeem myself for my poor pitch last time. About a week ago, I watched the new Ridley Scott film, The Last Duel, which stars Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Jodie Comer, and Ben Affleck. Set in um, medieval France, the film goes through three different chapters, each portraying the perspectives of Jean de Carouge, Jacques Legree, and Marguerite de Carouge to tell the tale of Legree's <laughs> sexual assault on Jean's wife, Marguerite. When Marguerite accuses Legree putting her own life at stake, so Jean steps in and challenges Legree to a duel to the death, which would determine the guilty party. I think the most interesting concept of this film, in my opinion, is the director's ability to portray the same story through three different perspectives, giving the actors free range to play the same character in numerous ways. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for that, Tom. I haven't seen Last Duel. 
Um, I've heard it's really good. Ridley Scott, obviously a great director and a huge cast there. Have either of you guys seen Last Jewel? I haven't, but I have to give it a watch after hearing that. Yeah. Uh, I have, yes. And uh, I stand by what was said there by Tom. Um, I think the three different perspectives and storylines that they run throughout the movie um, are, are amazingly done. And they, they literally, I think they film, they've just filmed the same scene like three times, but there's certain subtle changes in how each actor, um, you know, uses their facial expressions oh, cool. or their physical yeah. acting that makes you think like, okay, what are they telling the truth or are they telling the truth in uh, the scenario of the, of the, you know, sexual assault in question? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I'll, uh, I'll definitely be giving it a watch and, We'll see if Tom can redeem himself. So keen for that one. Now, finally into Spider-Man No Way Home. As always, huge spoiler warning here. So to the listeners out there who haven't seen the movie, uh, boys, what would you say about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home in a few sentences? I think this movie achieved something that prior to viewing it, I didn't think would necessarily be achievable. That's all I'll say. Very, very true. I could not agree with you more. Angus, what would you say in a few sentences? Uh, no, no spoilers. Um, pure nostalgia, um, and I think if Tom Holland was to sign on for three more movies, fingers crossed, this is the perfect um, origin trilogy for a Marvel character that I that I've seen. Mm. Wow, big big calls there. I'm gonna. I'm going to share with you uh, two things that I think about this movie. First one is that I completely agree with you both. I think that um, without spoiling it, the fact that this movie uh, was made the way it was made and the fact that that was even possible um, was such an achievement. I think that it was such a layered movie, entertaining. We said before there were people literally screaming in the cinema of which I'm going to share with the listeners out there. This was the cinema that mm. me and Bennett were in. Uh, this was my second viewing, so I knew to record this and I thought I would share it. And this is just a testament to how good the movie was and how much it, an effect it had on the audience. So uh, that may or may not have been me and Bennett, but uh, that Girl is screams. that is <laughs> that, yeah. That was actually Michael. That that reaction is how good the movie was. Um, I think it was one of the best movies because of that. That I think I've nearly ever seen. I'm going to say that, um, and because I had such a you know good experience, I also wanted to record a mailbag uh, <laughs> for the podcast. Uh, to share my thoughts. So uh, this is what I had to say coming straight out of the movie theatre on the first time. Okay. Um, I have just come out of the theatres watching Spider-Man No Way Home and holy fuck! (laughs) Holy shit. That movie... um, I wanted to record this now because I don't think I'll be able to do the this podcast for a couple weeks before people see it but holy shit that movie 
was one of the best movies I've ever seen. I'm going to say that right now. One of the best Marvel movies. It's like right up there with Endgame. Oh, my God. That's literally changed my life. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, this will be, uh, I guess, a bit of a mailbag for the podcast. So, hope everyone's well. Um, and, yeah, please, please go and see it. Spider-Man No Way Home. Holy fuck. So yeah, that's all I had to say past Michael. Got a uh, bit of a potty mouth there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, go see it. That's all that I need to say. Okay, so now that we have got those out of the way, again, another spoiler warning. Uh, this movie even starts the movie with a spoiler warning from the actors. So um, please, if you haven't seen it, turn this off right now. And go watch it. It makes it all the more better. So now we're going to break it down. When Spider-Man No Way Home starts, we jump straight back into where it left off uh, in Far From Home. Quentin Beck has framed Peter Parker. The whole world knows that he's Spider-Man now. Um, And I love that it just kind of jumps straight into him being exposed. Mm. Um, And yeah, what did you guys think of that opening? Yeah, I love that decision. I love that it flows straight from the previous movie. I think it immediately engages you um, given that they left the second movie on such a cliffhanger. Mm. Um, I think it was a really good decision. I also think it just highlights how much of a terrible bloke Quentin Beck was. He has to be one of the worst blokes in Marvel cinematic history. Um, but, yeah, I love this decision and I think it it got me in from the start. Like straight away I was engaged. So I think it was a really good decision. Yeah, it's cool. You don't see a lot of sequels um, or, or tri- triplets. I don't know what you call Trilogies. them. Trilogies. Um, the crossover between two or three, one or two. Yeah, literally go back seamless, to back. Yeah, yeah, seamless. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, kind of uh, we see Peter taking uh, MJ away, goes back to their apartment. And I thought it was funny that um, Happy Hogan, who's played by John Favreau and Aunt May, uh, who's played by Marissa Tomei, uh, they've got this little romance still going. Yeah. It, was, uh, it, was, it was nice. It it's was wiltering, nice... though. It's wiltering. It is, yeah. Much to Happy's um, disconsent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was, you know, good to see that again. Um, and I thought it was really cool. So as we're kind of seeing that and Peter comes back in and there's all this chaos happening, you don't actually really notice it, but it's actually a one-take shot from his bedroom all the way through the house kind of watching the TV happening. It's really cool. And I thought that that was kind of like a great way to start. Yeah, that'll be fun to film. I think it's also, it kind of demonstrates the chaos going on mm. in, in Peter Parker's life at that moment as well, really well. Like I think yeah. um, that one non-stop, shot. Non-stop, yeah, that one yeah. shot's so nonstop and, no fran- and so frantic. Um, and I think as viewers, it kind of gives you an insight into the emotion he has after being exposed. So yeah. again, another good decision in that opening, I think. For sure. Um, and then, of course, you know, because he's been exposed, which I thought, again, um, was a great piece of writing, uh, you know, it was it was kind of answering any sort of things that happened in the last movie uh, really well. They get interrogated, Peter, MJ, Ned and Aunt May, they're all uh, being interrogated by the Department of Damage Control and we get a really cool uh Marvel Easter egg in the flesh, uh, lawyer Matt Murdock, uh, who plays Daredevil in the TV series, uh, gets the charges dropped for Peter Parker, um, but there's still this kind of negative uh, publicity around him. Uh, 
What mm. did you guys think of that little I've got cameo? I've a, a bit of trivia here for you. Um, was he the first or second uh, TV show Marvel character? Not TV show that we see on Disney Plus, but the other ones to come into the cinematic universe. Uh, I think he was the first. Incorrect. I'm Jar- going to take a Jarvis, Jarvis in Endgame. Ah. <laughs> Jarvis. Jarvis as the driver of oh, yeah. Ben oh. Stark. Oh, cool. Well, nice, nice little trivia there. Mm. Um, <laughs> so Thanks, um, then we kind of, you know, have this kind of um, bit of a plot line where Peter, MJ and Ned, they're doing their college applications and they all are like really excited to go to MIT together but get rejected because of all this negative publicity that Peter has brought to um, to them, unfortunately. And... I thought that it was like sad that they're all uh, rejected because of that. And then we kind of go to Peter and MJ on their like FaceTime. And I thought that that kind of started to show the chemistry between Zendaya and Tom Holland, which I think is just like magical. Um, so cute. It's so cute, isn't it? It's fantastic. What did you guys think of that sort of scene? I really like that scene. And I think um, having Happy hooked up to the sleep machine yeah. is a nice little touch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Given you kind of focused on this chemistry they have. Yeah, um, comedic relief. Yeah, and he's just in the background. He kind of, not that there is any like awkward tension or anything, but I think it's a good move to have him in the back there just to sort yeah. of bring back that lighthearted aspect, Yeah, um, which I think is characteristic of this movie. I think it is quite a lighthearted movie. And For so, sure, yeah. And I yeah, think like, the chemistry is unreal. Oh, it's so good. And is I think the chemistry like, not in real life too now? It is. Yeah, yeah the dating between the actors. Yeah. It's extended beyond the screen. It's, so I think it's going to work well if it, obviously if there's future movies with them. Yeah, no, it's great. And I think um, just quickly on the happy note as well, he kind of says like wrap it up and like every single joke that in the movie, I'm pretty sure I'm going to say like 95% of the jokes that they put in kind of actually made you laugh. It yeah. wasn't like a cheesy like, you know, Disney Marvel. Yeah. And I think like Eternals. Thing. Yeah, it wasn't Eternals. I think that's been an Achilles heel of like some of the less successful Marvel movies is mm. that they can be cheesy, the ones that aren't as well done. Yeah, but yeah. I think, They're like forcing the comedy. Yeah, yeah. I think this one makes pretty good decisions in regards to the comedy. Yeah, for sure. I've got um, a question. Mm. What's going to happen if Tom Holland and Zendaya now break up in real life? Because the fourth movie, it's going to have to rely a lot on their relationship as a major oh, for sure. feature of the plot, right? Got to well, hope they stay together, man, for the sake <laughs> yeah, of the Kevin, Feige, Kevin Feige's got them signing contracts left, right and centre yeah. to make sure, you know. They're locked in. Yeah. Yeah, lock them in. But they're also actors. They've got to be professional. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, see, they both seem pretty mature, so. Yeah, hopefully they stay together. Um, but, yeah, definitely going to be a huge part of the next next few movies, that's for sure. So moving on, then we get uh, Peter going to Doctor Strange for some help and Strange ends up casting a spell that would make everyone forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And maybe this is where it's a bit of a pothole. Um, he kind of interrupts the spell to like allow certain people that he loves to retain their memory of him. Um, and it just causes chaos while he's doing the spell. What did you guys think? I think this is, that? I think this is my one major bone to pick with this mm. movie. I think this is a bit of a flaw. I just think, if you're Peter Parker and you're about to ask Doctor Strange to do this spell, surely before he starts it, you're like <laughs> asking him, what are the implications of yeah. what I'm doing here? 
He's also um, very smart, Peter Parker. Have yeah, a bit, he's have a, a bit of a sit down, create a bit of a plan of attack, and and go from there. Yeah. He's in well, no mate, rush. Have a have a think. Yeah. Um, oh. And also the the fact that that's like <clears throat> his first course of action to try and solve this problem. Mm. I know after like after he leaves Doctor Strange's place, he asks him like, "You didn't think to call someone at." MIT to try and sort <laughs> yeah. this out. Even that, you even, didn't think to like. You just came straight to me to cast. This <laughs> even a regular spell. person at MIT, like he he just fought with the Avengers. Like he can go to Shield. He can go to all these places and get. Yeah, his, he's get his record stricken or whatever like that. Like there's so many more avenues that he could have taken than some like world altering spell. Although, and then it obviously has to play into the plot that you know we want to see these other characters enter the movie. Yep. Um, but that's a lot. That's a bit of a pet hate that I've heard from a lot of people that I'm, you know, hyping the movie up to. They go, "Yeah, I love the movie, but you know, the first hour was a bit, you know, iffy." Mm. Yeah, I feel like once you get to the end, you can easily forgive. Oh, it's so forgivable. Yeah, but at that stage in the movie, you're kind of thinking, like, is he seriously going to take the risk <laughs> of like opening yeah. up the multiverse to get into like a college? Mm. Yeah, exactly. I suppose, um, in fairness, he's not doing it for himself. He's doing, no, no. he's doing it for his girlfriend, but. He's always, yeah. he's always doing stuff for others anyway. But yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Oh, for sure. And yeah, obviously the spell goes out of control. Doctor Strange contains it and makes Peter Parker leave. And then uh, he ends up going to find the MIT administrator to make her reconsider MJ and Ned's application. She's driving on this bridge when chaos ensues and... He's attacked by he's Doctor... Attacked. Otto Octavius. Yeah. I think this scene was so good. He's back. Yeah. He's back in. This is when um this is when the movie just starts getting so exciting for me. The roller coaster oh. begins from oh, here. It begins. It's it seriously kicks into twelfth gear. Such an iconic Spider Man villain to start yeah. with as well. Like oh. the big tentacles coming up. Yeah, you're in straight away. And I thought it was so cool how the actor for Doc Ock, Alfred Molina, he's like straight back into where he was from Spider Man two from ages ago. Um it's just cool to see all these actors back to where they were. Just like, um, yeah, and little one-liners that like yeah. make you remember that movie exactly. Like, um, you know, where's my like superconductor? And um, and then um, the and Green the, Goblins. Uh, like, look at your flashy new suit. That's not going to help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Green Goblins. Like, I'm something of a scientist myself. Oh, that was so good. Good. Yeah, so much nostalgia. So um, he's obviously attacked. I thought the scene, the fight itself between them was really cool. Like, Spider-Man's obviously got this sort of iron suit that's almost like a um, nanobot itself. Yeah, nanobots. And, you know, Doc Ock then realizes that it's not the Peter Parker he knows. The Green Goblin shows up. Um, and, yeah, we kind of start to really unravel what's going on here, this multiverse theme. Uh, and Doctor Strange teleports uh, Spider-Man and captures the rest of them, including Kirk Connors who comes from the Amazing Spider-Man series. Now they've got to try and find the other people that maybe have come into the universe who know Spider-Man's identity. So what did you guys think of how they started to bring in these other characters? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I think the chemistry between the villains when they're trapped and there's that conversation and they're all going back and forth. Mm. I think that's one of the funniest scenes yeah. in the movie. Like they all, so good. They all gel really well together and I think that's really cool given that they come from different Spider-Man mm. franchises and yeah. immediately they have this kind of synergy. They have um, a common enemy to, to be fair. Yeah, but they're common, common enemies like a different Spider-Man. Yeah. But in itself it's it's still sort of the same guy when you think about it. Like, they're, Well, they're all, they all have that underlying hatred for Spider-Man. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was really cool that they could have some banter and that was definitely a good yeah. part of the film comedically. So the lizard, Dr. Connors, he's obviously captured as well. Then uh, Spider-Man goes to retrieve uh, Max Dillon, Electro. Um, and we also get Flint Marco, Sandman come in. I thought that was, that was really cool. That- uh, uh, he's one of my favorite villains because he's not essentially a villain. Mm. Um, he's just, you know, he's just torn, conflicted between, you know, wanting to provide for his daughter, yeah. um, but also walking the line between, you know, not good and evil, but... Um, good and criminal, um, yeah, yeah, and you know, obviously, he's in that scene, and he and he helps Spider Man capture Electro, um, yeah. but then as soon as he sees you know Electro get captured, he, you know, he immediately his distrusting side comes out. So he's a yeah. very he's a very deep character, and you know, obviously, he doesn't get a lot of screen time, but um, still, you know, leaves he, an yeah, definitely yeah, one great. of the most like conflicted of the Spider Man villains, mm. which I think adds a lot of depth to the character. It's a great character, yeah, for sure. Um, we then. Go back to Norman Osborn. He's reclaimed control of himself. Um, and I thought that this was really cool that 
we kind of got to see him being in control again and he then goes to the kind of homeless shelter that hold on backtrack backtrack he breaks the mask oh and that's when you get to see that's when you get to see that strategically from a filmmaking perspective defoe he is the green goblin yeah so that's when his all his facial expressions will come out later in the movie without a mask and oh oh my god he does it so well so good and like exactly how you say we then get to the you know um him with aunt may and like you can see all his facial expressions he's all like vulnerable um he's saying like oh sometimes i'm not myself Mm. like and defoe's just like playing the character so well and you kind of think because in those spider-man or spider-man movies when or he was just in in the first one with like cameos but you never really got to see him being someone who has like a personality in it, their head it would that's be, like taking over. They would do it through the mirror. So it was they, always through the they mirror, would yeah. do it, They would do a camera change to his face, innocent, but then a camera change back to the mirror of him like really gnarly as, as the goblin. Yeah. But, but like in this one, he he goes like he switches it. He just goes boom, boom, yeah. boom. Yeah. From memory in the first one, he just shows up. Like he just pops up on his glider. Um, yeah. And he's got his mask on. And so watching him just like change his expression and get into character straight away and actually seeing that in front of your eyes. Yeah. I think it's a pretty impressive performance. So good. So then we get, yeah, um, Octavius, uh, Norman Osborn and Dylan and the lizard, they're all kind of pulled in um, and they realize that they were all pulled into this universe before they were going to die. And I thought that it was really funny when Doc Ock, he's like, I had him by the throat <laughs> and he's just like, oh, wait, like, and then I was like about to die. And then and Ele- and Electro's like, uh, I was overcharging. I was being out to go on pure energy and he's oh, shit, I was going to die. <laughs> yeah. Doc Ock has some great outbursts. Oh, he does. Later, he's like, hey, who the hell are these? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Definitely, um, yeah. As I was, we were watching the other night together, all three of us, and I would say he was definitely angrier in this one than he yeah. was in, the, in number two. Oh, for sure. A lot of uh, aggression from Doc Ock. Um, and of course, as Ben had mentioned earlier, we get that iconic line, I'm something of a scientist myself. A few so laughs good. in the cinema on that one, definitely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and yeah, another great line uh, from Dr. Connors, who doesn't really say much uh, in the movie, but he's like, there's no way that's his girlfriend. No way. It's so good. It's so such a, a weird line from like a massive lizard creature. Yeah, he's like I smiling as well. The way he says it is just so weird. <laughs> there's, like, no, there's, so funny. there's no way so that's good. his girlfriend. No uh, way. Yeah, great scene. Yeah, so and then moving on to the next scene, Strange comes out and, and says, look, we're going to send them all back. Um, Peter previously having a, a conversation with May and May being, you know, the beautiful woman that she is, um, telling him, you know, go down, you know, the righteous path. Um, everyone deserves a second chance. Mm. Who are you to say that, you know, you can't help these people? Yeah. Um, so Peter has turned a new leaf when he wanted to, you know, send them all back before. Um, now he wants to save them, find a way to save them. He doesn't know what it is yet, um, but Strange, um, you know, wants to send them back. He steals the cube off Strange that's going to send them back and they go into a bit of a, a one-on-one battle battle themselves in the mirror dimension. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. The effects cool. in that scene are awesome. Yeah. That's when um Peter starts going like, oh, you've got magic, but I've got math. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the mirror dimension is just geometry, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, no, that was good. Like. Uh, I thought I, it was cool that Spider-Man could face off against yeah, Doctor like Strange. A, He's pretty such powerful. A, such a physical character versus such a, a character that uses magic and, you know, like different sort of uh, elements and illusions. Mm. Um, but like 
uh, had a point that it, that's really cool that you know you see um, how two different heroes can counteract each other by their certain attributes. Yeah. So uh, Spider Man could move the box when he was in his um, uh, astral form because of his yeah. spider sense, and then he obviously is very smart, so he can counteract the mirror dimension with him. Um, and that's just yeah, it's very comic book esque. You'd see mm. certain fights like that happen in a lot of comic books. You don't see them all the time in MCU. Yeah, for sure. No, that was a really cool scene, and I think. Um, you know, then we kind of get now that Peter is like saving them. Um, they go to Happy Hogan's apartment. They go to cure Octavius first with the machine that Happy has, where they cure Octavius and um, you know, uh, great acting again from Molina. He kind of switches back. Switches yeah, he's back. back. He's like this nice guy, and you know, we start to get a bit of hope that Peter's going to save them all, but then. His spidey senses start tingling. The music that leads up to oh, this too. Oh, the tensions like oh, building, right. like Electro's like, nah, like I don't like this, like being cured. And then the goblin takes control of Norman Osborn again and they all get, uh, they all betray beautiful, Peter. Beautiful quote from from uh, the goblin there too. He's like, I've been watching deep behind Norman's cowardly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, some serious quotes and like we see every expression um, on Willem Dafoe's face. So it was just so good. And then chaos ensues. They start fighting. I thought that, um, you know, Goblin and Peter, when they're fighting, it was the first kind of like properly like brutal fight that this Spider-Man, Tom Holland, has actually been in. Like he's fought the Avengers and stuff. Mm, a lot of his fights been, like, have just been very agility-based, like jumping yeah, around yeah, everywhere, like trying to escape around. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this was hand-to-hand combat like because it's the Goblin, yeah. Yeah, and like the Goblin's like laughing as he gets punched and like he's just yeah. crazy. I feel like that's a bit of a theme in this whole movie. Like it's sort of the first time we see Tom Holland's Spider-Man have to bring out that aggression mm. um, to sort of fulfill the requirements of his role in the movie. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing for his character development, in my opinion. For sure. Obviously, the next sort of bit um, on May, she gets fatally injured by the goblin. Mm. Um, goblin's just like ruthlessly throwing all these bombs. Um, everything's like exploding. Peter's like been bashed. And of course, Aunt May dies, which as you're saying, Bennett, like it was the first like sort of adversity that this Peter has been through. Uh, size Iron Man dying. Yeah. Oh, that's true. But... A father um, figure, a father figure yeah, to him. But I guess but he's, this, he's lost is, this is massive. Yeah, this is huge. This I is the last can, person in yeah, his life. If you compare it to um, Garfield and Maguire, both sort of losing Uncle Ben. Yeah, I guess Garfield loses Gwen as well. Like mm. I guess that loss, even though, like you said, Angus Iron Man dying, um, is obviously significant. But in the terms of just this is the woman who raised him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In that narrow Spider-Man story arc, I oh, think. For sure. It's a pretty significant moment for him. It's massive. And as she dies, she says, and equally as well, like we don't think she's dead because she's kind of still she's up She's like about. running on adrenaline. Yeah. yeah, she's like on adrenaline. She's like, oh, like I'll just lie down for a bit. And then you're like, wait, what's going on here? And it's really sad. Like, So obviously she dies. Music's building. The which, cool. by the way, the music from Michael Giacchino uh was phenomenal and in this scene we start to get it um happy hogan drives in he sees that aunt may's dead who was his like romance and you're just like oh shit like he's so sad he's like peter run um and yeah it was such a good scene um and i thought as well did you guys think that um that was a really good performance from holland he's Mm. like crying yeah his family's dead it's quite similar to 
um, when Garfield's holding Gwen's body after she's fallen. Yeah. Um, like holding them in the arms, like the head, it's actually the same like cut, I think. Um, Tom's head is on the left of the screen looking down, uh, ah, on the right of the screen looking down to the parallel. left. Yeah, but um, yeah, he does it really well. I think he does it really well. Like he's such a jovial kind of character in the yeah. first two movies and I feel like the first two movies are just so much more lighthearted and this is probably the first time um, I think you see him display that emotion to mm. this degree. Um, I know obviously we've seen with Iron Man dying there's a parallel there, but with the focus just on Tom Holland and his acting, I think it kind of goes up a level mm, here, at least, sure. in, at least in my opinion. Absolutely. And we get one of the best scenes, I think, in the movie. Um, Aunt May's just died. It's raining. We see oh. Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons, uh, who's obviously... He's reading the news. He's reading the news. It's like happened. a cool like little report he's doing. Um, and the music and the cinematography is so cool. It's like slow-mo. Peter's just standing in the rain. He's lost complete, everything. Completely distraught. And the and the score from Giacchino <laughs> is is like it's completely hitting you home. You got you've got you've got goosebumps. Yeah, so good. Um yeah, and then uh concurrently we get uh Ned who has the kind of magic uh ring from Doctor Strange. He realizes that he can create these portals um, and potentially find Peter because they're like, where is he? They can't find him. Um, and uh, we get an awesome scene. They, of course, bring back Andrew Garfield. Um, and as we heard before, when that happened, both times that we saw it in cinemas, um, the cinema just blew its, blew its lid. Went nuts. Erupted. It was so smart, I reckon, to go from the most tragic moment in the film yeah. to like the most your heart, exciting. Your heart doesn't know what's going it's on. Just a ro- <laughs> it's just a roller coaster. You go from being so sad because yeah. Aunt May died and all of a sudden they've brought back a Spider-Man from a different like sequence of movies. I think yeah. you go from like the lowest low to the highest high and oh. it's, it's a really cool way to have done things. Yeah, oh, could not agree with you more. And I think for me, I'd kind of avoided every spoiler um, and the fact that like I just hoped that they would bring them back, um, but the way that they did it like this, I it made it so much better because, as you said, you're at the lowest of lows, and then they inject you with with this amazing comeback. Um, and same with the other actors like Doc Ock and the other villains, Andrew Garfield, and then of course Toby Maguire coming in as well. They're kind of straight back to where they were in their movies, and you're like, "Wow, like your your version again." No, um, no, they're they're a bit older. No, no, no. But oh, I right. mean, in terms of like how they play their oh, character, how they play it. Yeah, they're they're locked, like, they're locked right back. They're, in. they're straight back. They know into, how to do it, obviously. Like yeah. they, they did it for a few years. So good. Um, and they then go and you know they have a, they have a bit of fun in uh, Ned's <laughs> Ned's apartment, um, kicking. Oh, sorry, throwing bread rolls. Throwing bread rolls, uh, proving that they're Spider-Man. I thought that that was a nice little mm. funny uh, scene there. What did you guys think about when the two Peters and Ned and MJ then go to find uh, Peter at the school? Great scene. Great scene. Firstly, um, Ned and MJ walk in, comfort their friend because they're, they're, them and Happy are like the only ones left in Peter's lives. Yep. Um, like a... Like a really sincere hug from both of them it's it's like it's mm. really cute and then 
Um, MJ just, you know, tilts her head and says there's a few people to see him. You can see Peter's spidey sense sort of go mm. for like probably mutual spidey senses in the area. Yeah. And then the two the two sort of OGs in the drop, shadows. Drop, they drop down. They're in the oh, shadows. Oh, they're in the moonlight so and they drop down and and wow. And and Peter's a bit freaked out. Because, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And look, I touched on this before, but I think with the focus on Tom Holland, he does such a good job just betraying that sad side of the yeah. Spider-Man character. Um and yeah, like Angus said, that moment when they're sort of lurking in the shadows and they drop down, um, it just makes you so excited for what's to come. I oh, think it's sort phenomenal. of for shadows them working together later in the film. Yeah, it's, it's so yeah, it's so emotional that scene. Like Tom doesn't want advice from them initially because he does, and he does, he says like, oh, I don't want to know that you you know you felt the same thing I'm feeling. Like you don't know. Uh, what, but they continue yeah. they continue to like you know be a shoulder to cry on. They they talk about how you know both their uncle Ben's died. Uh, Garfield going into how he lost his MJ, as he says it, yeah, um, is extremely sad. And you know, then they sort of you know, they've created a bond because um, they both they all eventually they know they've all gone through the same same yeah. sort of hardships. Yeah. Well, as it as it sort of becomes clear later on in the film, they're the catalyst for the redemption of Tom Holland's Spider Man. Like and, he's and, yeah. he's ready to send send all the bad guys back and get killed, and it's not his. And problem. that's what they wanted to do. Like yeah, um, I I watched the interview of all three of them. Um, that just came out maybe like two weeks ago, mm. a week and a half ago. Um, and the only reason that Toby and Andrew agreed to, you know, come back was they read the script and they saw that, you know, they weren't taking away from Tom's storyline. Yeah. They were, you know, enhancing it, helping him down his helping path character. to, you know, make him, um, you know, a better, a better person and a better Spider-Man. Oh, for sure. And I thought, yeah, that scene, like the fact that, you know, Garfield could be crying about, like him losing his MJ or Gwen, um, Maguire kind of saying how he killed the guy that killed his uncle um, and he like got what he wanted but it didn't make him feel better. The fact that these two alternate versions of the same character in a different universe to like advise another version of themselves, I was like almost like pinching myself saying like, firstly, like I don't think that's ever been done before in cinema. No. Like two alternate versions of the same character doing that. And secondly, they did it so well and the performances from all three were just so good. And when kind of they say, um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and Holland's like, how do you know that? And they said like Uncle Ben said it. And it was just like, yeah. man, like. Yeah, was Hol- and Hol- yeah, in Holland's universe, there is no Uncle Ben, but yeah, Aunt May, Everyone knows. Aunt May has been both uncle and aunt to, yeah. to Peter. And that was just like the best scene for me. Um, so good. Yeah, bit of a bit of a quick scene after um, the the school rooftop. Um, they jump into the laboratory to, to make all the antidotes for you know the, all the villains um, to keep them alive. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of personal stories getting thrown around. Toby, you know, says how he lost his best friend um, after he tried to kill him. Um, yeah. that, freaks, oh, yeah. that freaks out Ned a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he, Ned's he sort of doesn't want to look Pete, uh, Peter in the eye anymore. Um, and then um, Toby and Andrew talk about love, love as as Peter Parker. Mm. Andrew hasn't found anyone since Gwen, um, and Toby sort of lets us know that he's still got things going with his MJ, <laughs> yeah. which is cute. Yeah. And then um, that was good. And then they sort of recreate the the triple Spider Man pointing meme, which is pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't it, notice that the first time I watched it. I pointed it out to you yeah, yesterday, you point, and I, I, didn't I? And then yeah. you, you saw it. Was, it. it was subtle. I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't like so obvious. Yeah. Like, oh this. yeah, 
Yeah, um, and I'm pretty sure it was, it was mostly Garfield. Garfield just loves playing around in his scenes. Like it was mostly him doing the double finger point each way. The oh, other really? two, the other two were sort of just acting confused, but he was like, he like sort of like like he knew about the meme. Yeah, I feel like um, there was a lot of sort of you know good chemistry between the three as that that was happening. So mm. that was a nice little scene there. Um, they obviously make the cures for the three villains, um, and then they need to lure the villains to the Statue of Liberty where we get this epic final battle. I thought that as we're waiting for the villains, again, I was like pinching myself. More chemistry. The fact that all this chemistry happening. They're all talking to each other. And Mag- <laughs> Toby Maguire's back is like sore and he's like getting Garfield to crack his back. And they're all wearing Spider-Man costumes. I was like, <laughs> I was like in the cinema the first time. I was like, is this real? Like, yeah. to- like I couldn't believe it. And then Andrew Garfield... Tells the other Spider-Man that he loves them. A lot of Andrew's lines yeah. in those final scenes were improvised. He goes, oh, I always wanted to have brothers. Like, yeah. And then I love you guys. And they sort of pay and they pay out Toby for his webs that come out of his body just yeah, voluntarily. Like, yeah. Do they come out of any other places? Or? <laughs> talk about like his web block and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. And then like um, when Tom Holland's like, oh, I was in the Avengers. And they're like, Avengers, that's great. What is that? <laughs> Are you in a band? <laughs> Yeah, that was so good. So funny. So much chemistry there, as you guys said. Then, of course, we get all the villains starting to come. Um, all the three Spider-Men are, you know, working as a team. And we get kind of this epic shot where they all are like in the air slinging their webs around each other, which was really cool. Yeah, you noticed I noticed that. Little... that um, well, actually, I think I saw it on TikTok or something, um, as you do. Mm. Um they they swing around this corner of the the scaffolding that the fight is taking place, and I think well, you can't really tell who it is. It's too quick. But one of the one of them is leading with a web, and the other two like attach their webs to that one and use their momentum to like swing in, like yeah. rotate their direction. It's it's so epic when you actually like concentrate and see it. Yeah, and like that's just like another one of those like subtle things that they threw in just to spice it up and add to the the gravity of the situation. They then cure uh, Sandman and uh, Dr. Connors while Octavius then comes because Electro is kind of, you know, he's got He's powerful. got the arc reactor from Tony Stark and he's, yeah. going, he's going off. He's going seriously off. He's um, got Andrew Garfield, uh, Spider-Man, or Peter Three, as they call him, um, getting zapped with electricity. Then Doc Ock comes in and saves the day. Such a good moment of redemption for Doc yes. Ock. What did you think of that, Angus? Well, it's a bit of a shock. He comes in, he uses his tentacles and pins both the Spider-Man, Peter 2 yeah, and, and 3. He's... And you're like, what, what the hell? The chip's broken, they've, they've fixed him. Mm. Uh, but then, yeah, he, he you know has redemption um, taking the arc reactor off uh, Electro. I think yeah. I had faith in him in that scene because I think his performance is so good when he first gets fixed by yeah. Peter earlier in the movie um, that when I saw him show up, I immediately thought, he was going to be there to do something good, mm. um, which I think is quite um, like a good endorsement of how well he portrays that transformation earlier yeah, in the movie. For sure. Um, and then he has a nice little moment with um, with Toby. Yeah. Um, yeah. He says, Peter, he says how, how are you been? You look older. Like, how's life treated you? And he said, yeah, I'm trying to be better. Yeah. And it's nice. Little things. Really just, nice. They just made you smile the whole time. Mm. Um, then we get... Uh, Ned frees Strange from the mirror dimension. He's got a bit of magical power in him. Um, and then another great scene. Um, MJ Zendaya falls off the 
scaffolding and Tom Holland goes after her, gets knocked by Goblin who's back with the glider um, and then we get Garfield save her, which is like perfect redemption because Gwen, of course, died because he couldn't save her and here he is able to save another one. Yeah. So good. And they've almost recreated the exact act of what Garfield yeah. was yeah. trying to do to save Gwen. Absolutely. Like, like, re- like really quickly but also really efficiently. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's like, are you okay to MJ? But he's like, he's visibly he's breaking down. way worse than she is after that fall. And yeah. she says, are you he's okay? Like and he does, a, he does a little nod um, mm. and his acting there is amazing. Oh, Garfield, man, was so good. Uh, then the Green Goblin, um, you know, creating chaos as always, uh, blows up the spell that Strange is about to kind of um, use and the entire multiverse is cracking open and you're like, oh, my God, what is going on? People are getting pulled in from other universes, kind of Doctor Strange is holding them off, but it's it's not enough. And, and then we get uh, Holland's Peter uh, just goes all in brawl on yeah. Goblin. I think it's kind of fitting that the Green Goblin's the last villain to wreak havoc in this movie. Cause the first villain to wreak he's havoc. He's the first villain it? to wreak havoc. He's the one that started it all, I suppose. Mm. Um, but what I enjoyed about this scene is I think Tom Holland, when he's lashing out at the Green Goblin, he kind of gets that cathartic release that he doesn't get in his origin story in, in the first Spider-Man with Tom Holland. Like if you think back to yeah, Garfield true. and Tobey Maguire's first Spider-Man movies, there's a sequence when they first become Spider-Man where their reason for doing what they're doing is essentially avenging Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Tom Holland, you kind of just jump straight into it yeah. and you don't get that kind of cathartic element of Tom Holland's character arc. So yeah. I think it's kind of cool that he gets that here gets to work through it and then hopefully in his in his future in the MCU can kind of grow from that character development. But then the thing was he also he didn't really work through it. He had yeah. sort of, he had sort of the big brother figure of Toby's Spider-Man jump in, you know, block that glider from finishing off Goblin. He was going to yeah, finish definitely. It. And like and you could we could have seen a way way darker Spider-Man without, you know, bringing these other two yeah. into the universe. Well, when I say work through it, I think I'm more mean like got it out of his system, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Um like if you think back um to the first two Spider-Man, um, they kind of get it out of their system and then they go on and progress to do good and they re- things. And they realise that, you know, as um, as Andrew says, that you've got to start pulling your punches a bit because yeah, like, they, yeah, yeah. they are very, very strong. Yeah, so I think sure. I think potentially like without that cathartic release, like say Aunt May just died and then that was the end of that Spider-Man movie, like it would be hard for him just to come out in the fourth movie and start being like the friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man. Yeah, or whatever. for sure. Like it just wouldn't work. Yeah, especially at that low point. But, um, you know, completely agree. And I think that when Toby Maguire was saving Holland from making that mistake, I thought that it was great that, one, he's the one who said that killing the guy that he wanted to kill didn't help him at all. So it was good that he was the one to do it. Perfect secondly, writing. no words were said. He was just staring at him. Yeah. He got these Maguire eyes. So expressive. Your- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I thought that that was perfect. Like they and they, Maguire's also saving Goblin, who he sort of was sort of was true. The, yeah, he was the he one was who ended guilty up about being killing the one his... that yeah, killed him. He killed his best friend's father. Yeah, he killed his like point. sort of father figure. Yeah, um, yeah. Maguire actually does heaps with his eyes. Come to think of it, like yeah, I think back to lot. his to his first Spider-Man movie. Like I think it's a great part of his acting, which I probably haven't thought about before mm. until you've just brought it up. So For sure. Um, no, iconic eyes. Um, and then, yeah, 
he stops him and, of course, starts to put the glider down, but then he gets stabbed by the goblin. And at this point, you're like, oh, my God. The goblin please. doesn't stop, man. Yeah, he's, he's ruthless. Um, but then uh, Peter Three Garfield uh, throws the cure. Holland <laughs> injects it to him so hard. So hard. I don't he's know how not, he didn't die. He's not surviving that. <laughs> no. Straight in the neck. I do not know how there he was didn't a bit, die. There was a bit of aggression left in, yeah. in Holland. I, th- I thought that the point. cure was going to go through his neck. <laughs> um, but, of course, we get um, Osborne's sanity again. And Defoe just flicks a switch. He's like, what have I done? Like, um, you know, such a good moment. Yeah. And then after that occurs, we see the conversation between Peter and Doctor Strange, whereby Peter realises that he has to erase himself from the memory um, of those close to him in order to to save the day and repair things back to normal. Yeah. And I think, um, again, we've been talking a lot about the growth of Peter in this movie And the fact that now he's not concerned about those people forgetting who he is in the name of the greater good kind of shows that by virtue of what he's been through and what he's learned from Art May, we have seen that character development in a significant way. Oh, for sure. And, like, it's shown how he went from the start of the movie being this kind of kid making maybe silly choices to, you know, full full circle, full arc. Um, And we, we know from here that, you know, he is the kind of typical Peter Parker and Spider-Man that um, is obviously from the comics and the previous movies. But, um, yeah, as you said, great moment there. Sacrificing himself, sacrificing his relationships with Ned and MJ and the rest of them. Um, and we get such a good moment where he's with Ned and MJ. He's like, I'm going to find you guys, I promise. And, again, the chemistry of Holland and Zendaya is so good. That kiss, man. That kiss was epic. The music. She doesn't Angus. let him. She doesn't let him say "I love you" either. Until, yeah, she cuts him off until like you know they remember each other again. Yeah, and like she kind of found out he was Spider Man in the last movie, but um, you know we're really hoping that they can get back. Um, but you know, such a touching moment there. All the alternate versions of everyone are kind of disappearing with the music. Mm. Um, that score, that Giacchino score, is so good. <laughs> Go listen to it on Spotify. Um, but, yeah, great ending. Um, couldn't have the asked. good The goodbye from Tom Holland's Peter to the other two Peters great as well. Like, oh, yeah. He can't really find the words, but you can see the bond that they've developed just yeah. through the way they're interacting and their Tom, body language. Tom said they that. They hug. Tom actually said that filming that scene, like, he just drew on. He was just like, wow, like I've watched these guys in their movies growing up. I've, yeah. I've just made a film with them doing what like has never been seen in cinematic history. So he said that hug was literally just like he didn't have to act it. He was just he look felt he felt the moment and he was like, wow, this is insane. And That's just like insane. let those emotions rush over him. Oh and like again, the fact that we were watching on screen these three Spider-Men who are all equally iconic, um, to do that mm. was so amazing. I remember when you and I were driving to that movie. I said to you, because I hadn't, it hadn't been spoiled for me yet. I was like, I've heard whispers that they're going to bring back like all the other Spider-Men, but like that can't work. That doesn't make any sense. And then they actually did it and in a way that worked. Mm. So coming out of it, I was I was gobsmacked. I thought yeah. it was fantastic. Absolutely. And yeah, such a good ending. I think that that was, you know, perfect. And then, of course, we kind of get that little bit extra. Now, no one knows who Peter Parker is. No one knows who Spider-Man's identity is. He goes to visit... MJ and Ned uh, to reintroduce himself 
What did you guys think of that? I love the fact that he just ditches his plan and he's in the moment with MJ and mm. you can see the chemistry between him and Zendaya. I think in that scene, even more so than the scenes where they're like physical and kissing, I think just the dialogue between the two and the way they're looking at each other and stuff, you can tell there's a connection there that has, I guess, been strong enough to um, outlast the fact that the memory of Spider-Man and Peter Parker's been erased. Mm, for sure. And, like, he sees the Band-Aid on her head and he's like, I've caused all this pain mm. and stuff. And he s- says to himself, like, I might just leave internally. it for a while. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's him really maturing. So, again, such good chemistry and such a good ending. Then we get uh, him mourning at Aunt May's grave and he has a conversation with Happy who doesn't know him at this point and Happy kind of talks about how people die and you hope that their legacy doesn't die with them. Yeah. But he encourages um, Peter to kind of carry on and continue to be Spider-Man. Can I say how this... You know, these trio of Spider-Men, like there's so many similarities in this movie and and throughout their, all their movies that this one ends, you know, basically with him at a, a grave for someone he loves. The original Spider-Man trilogy ends with um, with Toby at, um, at his friend's grave mm. and um, Andrew Garfield's one ends up with him at Gwen Stacy's, Gwen Stacy's grave. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, didn't remember know that. that. I think that that's... Again, going to what, who Peter Parker is and the adversity that they go through mm. um, to be the hero that they are. So that's an awesome connection. And again, something so subtle that people wouldn't really uh, pick up. So that just adds more to how good this movie is. Um, so that's pretty much it. Then we get a post credit scene. We see Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock kind of also got sucked into the universe um, in a different place. Um, and he leaves behind a piece of the Venom symbiote. So we'll see. It's a little bit for for Marvel Cinematic Universe to play around now. <laughs> yeah, they might not use it for a while, but it could come back in years to come. Oh, Something there for him. Something hmm. there. Going on to that, good uh, segue. What do we think might happen in the MCU going forward with the multiverse with Spider Man? I think the next Spider Man movie will have to be focused around how. Peter Parker in his new life reconnects with Ned and MJ. Like yeah. that's got to be the focus of the next Spider-Man movie, I think. Oh, for sure. I think that that's definitely the we want it back. We want those connections back. And I if would... they're if they're doing that, like the next, I guess, villainous creature is going to be more street level. Mm. Um, there could be many, many like villains he has to fight because he yeah. gets that apartment. He's just swinging through through the New York streets again. Like, Listening to the police be scanners. Bit, be a bit more street level, back to the OGs. Neighbourhood Spider-Man yeah. coming back. Because I think the viewers the viewers will be rooting for those three to mm. rebuild that relationship. Like I oh. think the synergy between those three characters is fantastic and something that people have enjoyed watching. Um, so I think whatever direction the MCU decides to go in, that'll be a pretty integral part yeah. of, of wherever this narrative takes them. For sure. And with Ned, I wonder um, separately to him forgetting about Peter and who he is, he had a bit of magic going on during the film. Um, maybe that might, maybe maybe Ned will become uh, the next Doctor Strange. Do you reckon, yeah. I don't, do you reckon he makes an appearance in Multiverse of Madness? Maybe. 
Maybe. Moving on to Multiverse of Madness as well, that's where I think the MCU is going forward. Yeah, the Multiverse Away from Spider-Man. Yeah, um, yeah. Just I'll throw a few rumours out there that I've heard, you know, that a few of the X-Men original characters will come in, uh, Doctor uh, Professor X. Because um, we Mag- haven't really got Magneto. The there's been images of potentially John Krasinski from The Office as um, Mr. Fantastic. Mm. Um, so I think this next movie coming up is going to be it's exciting, equally, man. not equally, but... You know, measurably as insane as No Way Home and Endgame. I still don't think you can create Ned as like a superhero. No. I think I, I think Ned's powers. I think they should leave Ned. I think what they did with Ned was great. I don't think you can I suppose you could you try, can't really but I can't see, him I into can't a see Ned, Yeah, I can't see Ned becoming like a significant yeah. part of no. the MCU. Um, I, yeah. in the in the in the context of like being one of the heroes. I think what does great. he become in the he becomes the hobgoblin in the go, the comics, which is essentially he does fulfill the storyline of Peter Parker's best friend turning against him. Oh really? It's like an orange green goblin, the hobgoblin. Yeah. I kind of don't want that though. I don't want Ned that either. Is this, it's like, too much warm and he's a good really bloke. loyal yeah. friend, yeah. Um so yeah, I kind of agree. I don't really want I just want him to be. I want him to be Peter, Peter Parker's mate. The guy yeah. in the he's guy in the chair. He, need, he needs mate. He needs mate. <laughs> he needs to be the guy, guy in the chair. chair. Yeah. yeah, guy in the chair. Um, I also heard back to Multiverse of Madness just quickly. I think um, I did hear that upon the reaction of Spider-Man No Way Home, they went back and filmed more cameos, um, with other people. So as you're saying, I think that there could be some... to get that it's to get that theater buzz and get people yeah. in seats and just like sell tickets. And you know what I'm. I'm all for that. Oh, I'm all for it as well. Like if we can be in a cinema again, literally cheering. Absolutely. Uh, I love that. So last last question for you guys. Who who wins the movie? Who's your favorite Spider-Man? Mm, of man. the three, who who takes the chocolates for you guys? Oh, you go you go first, you're asking the question. All right. I think if I say who's my favorite Spider-Man in this movie, I think I'm gonna go with Andrew Garfield. The reason being, I think he elevates his character the most as a result of this yeah. movie. I think yeah. he suffered from the amazing Spider-Man 2. I think he suffered from things out of his control a little bit. I don't think his performance was necessarily that bad. But in, I just don't think the in movie not having a third one. No, more so I just don't think the amazing Spider-Man 2 was that well done. Okay. In comparison to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man yeah. and Tom Holland's. So I think he puts in such a great performance in No Way Home. And he's I think he's a guy that like he probably brings the most like fun in terms of the dynamic between the three of them. And I think for that reason, out of the three, if I contain it to this movie, I think I'm going to go with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. I'm going to follow you um, straight there and say I completely agree. I'm going with Garfield because, as you say, he gets his awesome redemption of saving MJ. Yeah. Because he lost Gwen um, and wasn't able to save her but was able to redeem himself. I thought that... um, Holland is like very timid and like, oh, what are we doing next? <laughs> um, and Maguire's all like, um, you know, sort of semi calm, but like, you know, very straighty 180. But then you have, as you said, Garfield, who's this awesome middle ground. He's very fun. He's outgoing. Um, he's still kind of childish and funny and has the banter. But um, yeah, I think from this movie, he had the best development um, of his character. And I think maybe it even was amplified because his character maybe wasn't the best after Amazing Spider-Man 2. So I'm going to go with Garfield as well. Yeah, look, I don't I don't think he did anything wrong in Amazing Spider-Man 2. He still captured Spider-Man amazingly in Peter Parker. Um, 
I'll I'll go against you guys here. Look, you you Bennett outlined exactly my thoughts on Garfield in the movie, um, and in his you know uh, double movie as well. Um, but I'll just go with Holland. Um, I think in his first two of the trilogy, he really captures uh, Peter Parker as a teenager. Um, he's, yeah. he's just come out of Civil War as like a 15, 14, 15 year old fighting against, you know. Is he that young? He's literally like like 15. Oh, right. And he's fighting against like Captain America, yeah, true. Um, bloody the Winter Soldier, this like mm. outrageous killer. Yeah. Um, comes back to the regular life. And I think he just captures it's a, a beautiful high school story. And yeah. then and then this one has transitioned into darkness. Like he he is still just turning eighteen, looking at colleges, True. Um, and he has just gone through insane amounts of personal and emotional trauma. Comes um, a man and, in this movie, I think. and yeah, and it I does. think every single movie you see Tom Holland do, he, he's getting better and better at acting, and he's also doing stuff outside of the MCU, um, like Devil All the Time and and other movies that he's got going on. He's very sought after, and he's just acting and acting and acting, and he's getting better every single appearance. Yeah. Um. So I, I'll go with Holland there. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I think we're gonna see some amazing performances going forward um, mm. from Holland. And yeah, completely agree there. And Maguire's still great too. I love that um, he was in this as well and still had an awesome performance. So so that is a wrap for Spider-Man No Way Home. Such a good movie. You heard it from my, uh, my mailbag. Uh, but yeah, that was awesome to break it down with you guys. Thanks so much for listening in to this episode of Cinemates, a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks. Thank you, Bennett, for coming on for the first time. Angus, for coming on again. Thanks, mate. Hope you enjoyed it. Love it every time. Anytime. And equally as well, awesome experiences in the cinemas that we both got to see this amazing movie. Um, So, yeah, some good memories there. Mm. Uh, So, please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever streaming platform you use. Also, let us know what you want to hear about in future episodes. And if you want to send in a mailbag or do an elevator pitch to me, send us a DM on Instagram at cinemaze underscore. We are also now on TikTok posting exclusive content on there as well at cinemaze underscore also. So check that out, give it a follow and uh, let us know what you think. So we'll catch you for the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cinemates. If you enjoyed it, you can follow us and leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major platforms. Also, if you haven't already, check out our Instagram and YouTube channel for more Cinemates content and let us know what you thought of this episode. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge Australia's first people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land and pay respect to the Camaragal people of the Eora Nation upon whose country Cinemates is based. We honour the storytelling and culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across Australia. Also, in the spirit of chatting with mates, remember it's always important to check in with those around you, whether it's friends, family or colleagues, sometimes they may be going through a hard time and chatting with them may reassure that they aren't alone. If you or anyone you know is ever struggling, call Lifeline on 13 11 14. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.